Back again. Evening, everybody. Hope you're all well. Let's have another chat with another another person. I've realised that up to now, we've only had front men on the show. Singers or songwriters or what have you. So tonight's going to be a little bit different. I'm speaking tonight to our long-term producer, Mikey Scott. He's also a musician. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He plays the guitar and the bass very well. And he plays the drums even better. But I don't know him as a musician as well as I know him as a producer. So I'm looking forward to delving into like his techniques, the bands he's produced over the years, and his memories of working with me and the fellas in Let Man Loose and Felony. So, let's see. So we've had to deal with a bit of a time difference today. I uh, I was waiting for him to wake up pretty much. Ah, there he is. Hello. How are you doing, Mikey? You well? Happy Monday. I'm very well, kind of well. Had a bit too much to drink last night, therefore head is pounding. But what else can we do at this time? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> How it's are nice you, to see you. Yeah, I was, just explaining, well. I was just explaining to everyone that we've had a bit of a time difference to contend with because you've yes. recently moved to Canada. I have, yes. This is so, my new house. <laughs> how's life in Canada? And what's lockdown in Canada like? Well, life's excellent because I'm here for, I've moved here with Natalie, of course. Uh, I've moved here for Natalie and it's the best decision I've made, I think, because we get on like a house on fire. She's just on the phone and she can't hear me. It's great. And we keep chilling out and doing things on a night under this lockdown circumstance. We're keeping each other entertained very well and uh, not arguing or anything, which is fantastic. I mean, when does that happen? So <laughs> Great to hear, man. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we don't know too much, I guess, in the UK about like the situation in Canada. Um, yeah, you, you're probably best place to tell us about that. Could you tell us a bit about how the virus is affecting life over there? Well, I think there's been seven thousand cases, uh, four hundred and fifty plus deaths. So it's a lot less than it is in the UK, but the lockdowns pretty similar. It's the same kind of rules. You can't go outside more than two only once a day. Uh, you can't go into shops, you've got to wait outside and things, and people serve you from the front wearing gloves and masks and things. So they've controlled it quite well. Uh, it's just weird. <laughs> it is weird. It's yeah. very weird. But we're yeah, all yeah. sort of getting used to this new way of life, and hopefully it won't last too long. But for the foreseeable, it's what we've got. So we've got yeah. to make the most of it, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Got to make the most of it. And uh, I was hoping to be in the UK only a few weeks ago, see my friends and family and things, but that never happened. So it's a shame, but I'll be back as soon as it's over because I want to see everyone because it's been a very long time since I've been in the UK and I miss it. Well, we miss you as well. I miss you. I miss I was, you. <laughs> I was explaining in the introduction um, that so far I've been talking to frontmen of bands, so yeah. lyricists, singers, and. Yeah. That sort of thing. So you, you, you're, you're, ugh. sorry, let me get my words out. You are a little bit different in the regard that, yes, you're a musician, mm -hmm. but I know you best as a producer. Yes. So tonight I want to delve into production, your memories of working with Let Man Loose and Felony, but mm -hmm. I don't want to focus on that too much. I, I want to talk about like working with other people as well and yeah. the sort of like how you, how you work. Yeah. Um, We've known each other like for about ten years, I think. 
when your hair was there? It's still pretty big, but yeah. <laughs> it was even bigger back then. For anyone that didn't know me back then, I used to look it, like some sort of barn owl. You did, yeah, you did. It, it was it was good. <laughs> you had a certain look. The band was very different. It was a different band, of course. Uh, uh, songs like The Mosque. And, the mosque. Uh, and yeah, from Felony Volume 1. What did you call the first, first Felony EP? First Felony EP was called First Offence. Yes, the one, isn't it? And what were the songs on that? Into the Void, yeah. Beware the Mare. I can't remember what they go. I can't remember the names, but I remember what they go like. Puppet show. <laughs> I'm not sure what that one was from, from that interpretation of it. But could you tell me uh, a little bit about what you remember from the last 10 years of working with me uh, when it comes, not just me, me and the bands. Yeah. When it comes to, I don't know, the progression that we've made together. So you on the production duties, mm. me as a songwriter, and then the sort of the lads I've brought with me into the studio to make music with. What are yeah. your memories of like those times? Well, I remember the first time you came in in the little back garden shed. Um, that was that was great. You had everything in your head already ready and prepared, which was fantastic. And that kind of created the basis for how we're going to record from this point on. Um, so we, we've had uh, our, our sound has been quite consistent through the years. And that's probably because we've used a similar method since the first time we ever recorded. So, you know, doubling up the guitars, one left, one right, and then lead in the middle, do drums first, bass afterwards. And yeah. It's yeah. Sorry, hungover. Start a sentence. Forget what I'm saying. End of the sentence doesn't exist. Um, we've just had fun, haven't we? We've had a really good time. We've been re we've done really well. We've we've made sure that everything we've done has been absolutely perfect. Um, you know, it's taken a few goes afterwards to get things right to make sure we're both happy, which is fantastic. Um. I don't know, memories. <laughs> memories when hungover, difficult. Yeah, well, I can imagine. I'll try and uh, I'll try and trigger your memory the best, the best that I can. Please, I remember, yeah. I remember the first time I came in to the backyard studio. Yeah, I'd had a little recording experience at like a like a youth centre, so you could go there and record for free. Similar to what the Warren's been doing over the last mm. decade, but it, it wasn't the Warren, it was somewhere on Sharp Newland Street. Avenue. Sharp Street. Uh, uh, not, it was at the top of Newland Avenue, so the Tesco end, the, the end closest to Newland Park and Cop uh, Yeah, Road. they did used to be a place there, didn't they? I'm yeah. not, I, I can't, I, I, the, mem the name of it escapes me, but yours mm. was the first time we'd come and paid someone for the privilege of recording us. Mm. And it was with a group of guys that I put together from school. So I had Joe, my best friend, Gav, my other best friend, and a fella that we knew from secondary school called Tom on bass. Mm. And we were called the Pioneers, which implies that we were sort of sort setting new yeah. examples for bands. But we definitely weren't. We were a terrible Arctic Monkeys rip-off slash tribute band. And we had one song in our catalogue at that point where we came in to record and I think we just wanted to have that experience of like crafting a song from start to finish in the studio. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I remember being so proud of it. And I think for me anyway, uh, one thing that's never changed is how proud I've been every time me and you have finished a song and I've had yeah. that first sort of listen in the car, listen on headphones, listen on speakers or playing it through a mate's sound system or something if they've got yeah. like a better setup than me. That's mm. that's never changed. Yeah, yeah. But I think what has changed is like our working relationship has obviously like streamlined so much over the years. Like you know what sound I like and I know how you work. I know when to ask you to do certain fixes and when just mm -hmm. to shut up and let you do your thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't long after the pioneers that I moved into felony. So for anybody that's not been around since this turn of the decade, so 2009-10, I started a band called Felony with Danny on the drums. Danny's been a constant this whole time, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very grateful to have Danny's drumming behind me at all times. Mm -hmm. Well, Danny's um, just gone, Danny's just exploded drum-wise, hasn't he? In the last dec decade, his skills gone from... He's, he's gone many millions of levels above us, and he's fantastic. He's so tight to record. Yeah, so I think yeah. what, one of the things I probably keep coming back to tonight is that that growth between yeah me and you uh, and our relationship, but as well like the musicianship and the the musicians that have played mm. on the record. So moving through to felony, we must have recorded in in at least into double. Double figures. I, I'm going to guess about 20 tracks, maybe more, because we did a couple mm. more than once. Yeah, we did. We yeah. did. We did a couple of EPs. We did a few singles with B-sides. And then we did an album in 2014. Mm. We did. And to me, that's the sort of thing that I wish I could have those moments now mm. with the experience that I've gained of... DIY sort of approach to a band, like having to to get to get the guys all together to write music, and I think that at that point in time, that's what I had nailed: getting the guys together, writing music. But mm. I didn't have the the management side that goes with mm. that, and yeah. sort of getting it out to people. And we we recorded an album that I'm still very proud of. Eleven maybe 12 tracks of felony material. And we did that over the space of like a week. And mm. obviously that's, that's how you record an album. What are your memories of, uh, of that album? I remember I was living in Newcastle at the time and I got the chance to come home for a week, uh, smoke copiously, drink, <laughs> drink every night because I didn't have work to go to the next day. Yeah, I, th I and think I joined a, a few times as well. <laughs> I think I joined in a few times as well. We definitely did at the end. Yeah, I remember going to Spiders for a celebratory... Uh... That's what we did. We went. To... Oh, I hardly remember that, of course. Uh, bloody hell, Spiders. <laughs> no, it was, it was just great, wasn't it? We, we had a plan. We set out a plan. We, um, we made sure that we had fun around it as well. We made sure as well that we weren't too pissed or we weren't work, working the day after we uh, went out and things. But... Um, yeah, we it was um it was good fun. We got to chill out upstairs a few times, didn't we, and play some games of FIFA in between little breaks. Um did 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 you have your new amp by that point? 
Yeah, I've had that amp since the the Pioneers days. So ever since you've recorded me, I've had a a tube amp. Is your guitar that changed then? That's changed many times. Yeah. Yeah, it's changed many times. Yeah. Um, I miss my little squire. Um, but yeah. I, mate, the thing is, I've, I've done that many recordings. I'm really struggling to remember like a specific week when I'm hungover. <laughs> that's okay. I can, I've got a, I've got a question lined up that sort of gives you the reins when it comes to memories of like records with with other bands yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess for a bit of background, then, um, Mikey, Mikey uh, did a I'm going to say a music production course at university. I did. I went to Stafford to do music technology. Yeah. And you started off in your garden shed, and then you quickly moved to a premises that I can see from my living room window. In fact, I'm looking at it right now, and it's now a hairdressing salon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, called Fruit Trade Music. So yes. the street, for, for those of you in Hull, you'll, you'll know Humber Street well. Uh, it's changed, it's developed a hell of a lot over the last few years. Mm. But when it when it first sort of came to people's attention uh it was a mix of derelict semi-derelict and buildings with a lot of potential uh but no real like use for the last like in in recent memory anyway mm. and it was sort of brought back to life and i'm going to go back to mac again mac page mm -hmm. ran the humber street sesh out of uh humber street the first few years yeah and then the local council sort of realized that the area was being used for fun times and cultural <laughs> cultural yeah. goings on. Yeah. And I think, in fact, other than fruit itself, I think you were probably the first person that really took on a premises mm. and made it into something creative and yeah. a fun space. Tell us about Fruit Trade Music, how it came to be, what... I assume for you it was like something of a dream come true to have your own studio. So you must have really good Absolutely. memories of that. Tell everybody Absolutely. about Fruit Trade Music. Well, Fruit Trade Music, that um, came about, uh, I finished university at a really good period of time when um, that Humber Street, the, the area around the council realised they wanted to turn it into a cultural quarter. So they had lowered business rates for all the buildings down there. So I wasn't really paying much rent, less than student housing for a year down Humber Street, which was fantastic. And with my dad's um, help, thank you very much, old man, um, set up a, uh, a live room, control room, a rehearsal room downstairs and rehearsal room upstairs. So I had a constant stream of bands in the city centre coming in to rehearse and then they'd see the studio and then they'd want to record something. And I was right near to Fruit, so there was always something going on in, on the night while bands were rehearsing or if I'd just finished always places to go. It was really busy sort of bustling area, which went fantastic. It was going so well for about three years <laughs> until, until they, the council changed their mind again and decided that they wanted it to be um, a place for those who liked really expensive gin to go and wear their uh, silly straw hats and, uh, and go into a really posh place. And I'm not, I'm not ripping on hipsters at all, but I'm ripping on hipsters a lot. And um, and they decided that they weren't going to let me know when they were doing all sorts of pneumatic drilling outside. So I had to change location, even though I managed to get a reduction in rent and things again, as a result of less work with the soundproofing. But Fruit Trade Music was probably one of the best um, record, well, it was the best recording studio that I've um, 
the most fun, most ideal recording studio. Um, things did improve in the new one, but I absolutely loved having me own space, me own little country. I, I used to sleep there. You know, <laughs> you know, there was no point going home if I had abandoned the next day and the band had just finished at one o'clock the previous day. There's just no point. It was great. I almost lived there. Yeah. Just so busy. Met so many people. People came from all over the country as well. It just I miss it like crazy actually. Yeah. As I mentioned before, it's it's now a, a hairdressing salon. Yeah. And uh it's funny because obviously you, you had the the layout your way with the live room, the rehearsal room behind and the control room at the front. Yeah. And obviously knowing it inside out as I do, every time I walk past I can't help but look in and and remember, mm -hmm. it's funny because I, I can remember doing particular, recording particular riffs or singing particular lyrics. Yeah. Or another really specific memories from in those rooms. And it's, uh, I think, I think it's just a way of life that, you know, no building keeps its purpose for longer than a certain amount of time. Every, mm -hmm. every business venture has its lifespan in a particular property. And I think mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to get hung up on like what was or what could have been, but yeah. it was definitely uh, a space that the two of us shared some good times. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one thing that maybe wasn't so good about it, and I think it was a, a brilliant idea, mm. was that because the studio control room backed onto the Humber Street itself, yeah. you, you had a couple of windows installed, which was a fantastic idea. The, yeah. I guess the premise behind that being that people wandering the street could look in and see some musicians hard yep. at work on there was, their there was a, I had to have something which involved the public um, otherwise um, my application for the building just would have been denied I had to have something that would have involved the public so it was either you can have a recording studio that people can look in and watch which is not ideal and I knew it wasn't ideal, or um, or um, or you can have no studio down Humber Street. So it was a case of rubbing the windows. Yeah, people can look in. It's the only way I can do this. Um, but I did have the roller shutters at the front, which I still have keys for with the same lock, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, so I had them, and I managed to shut it off most of the time. Um, certainly later on when I could get away with it a bit more, I wanted to be a bit more private. Because obviously you don't want to be look, want people looking in when you're trying to nail the take, do you? It's not ideal, but... Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah. The, uh, the, <laughs> the, the kids that, someone, that someone peering through at you as you're just about to go for a chorus or something on the boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, uh, can be very off-putting. But <laughs> you, um, you moved into another premises. So you mentioned your dad. Uh, yes. I'll take a, a moment to talk about your dad, uh, Malcolm, Mal, mm -hmm. yes. absolutely lovely bloke, and mm -hmm. again, for those of you not from Hull, Malcolm opened in a very similar vein to you, actually, with, with sort of a dream come true. Yeah. I think your dad was instrumental when, when Hull was City of Culture in 2017, mm -hmm. he opened the venue Cardoma 94 on mm -hmm. Alfred Gelder Street. And I've never known a venue like it, really. It, um, very unique in that it was a pizza restaurant in the front. Very nice, laid-back, chilled atmosphere where you could get a delightful hand-rolled, handmade pizza. 
a short corridor through to the best sounding live venue that I've ever had the pleasure to play. And yes, not it's... not your first gig. The first gig didn't sound very good. No, no, but, we did. But that. Every we had gig no we ever did at Cardoma sounded fantastic. The monitor mix was always absolutely blinding, and the mix out front for the for the audience was always incredibly crisp and incredibly clean. It's a venue that, as I say, recently closed, and I already miss it. There's a there's a thin layer of dust on each of the windows as you walk by now. Mm. Tell us a bit yeah. about Cardoma. It was obviously, like I say, a dream come true for your dad. Mm -hmm. Well, my old man was talking about getting a music venue when the lamp was for sale. Um, he always wanted one. He used to come to watch me play gigs when I was 15, you know, my little metal crappy bands and things. And um, he um, just bit the bullet. He, he retired from property and moved the property company to the floor above and put the venue downstairs, completely tore everything apart, got rid of all the walls, made big new spaces, made a fantastic little venue, got some artists, local artists to draw on the walls, got some really nice speakers in there, made sure that I, I had exactly the same software and, and um, mixing desks and things as I have in my own studio. So seamless, I could, um, I could take everything that was recorded and mix it and put it on the radio. The restaurant was great, right next door to the venue, so people could go from one place to the other, chill out in the restaurant if they don't want to listen to a certain song or if it's a break or go back in. And it was wonderful. It was uh, it won loads of awards, did Cardona. It had people from all over the world coming to see, had some really amazingly busy nights. Freedom Festival, wow, that was good. Uh, um, at Cardona 94, <laughs> they did all sorts for that. Um, so did I at Fruit Trade Music. Me and my dad were doing similar things, like almost in competition with each other to try and get the people, which was great fun. So we sort of batted off each other and worked together. Um, it was just fantastic. It was just a dream my dad always had, and he, he made it bloody happen. And um, yeah, just there's been no bad word said about Cardoma by anyone. Everyone Absolutely just loved, not. loved it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a shame that it had to had to close under the circumstance but yeah um couldn't be helped it was nothing to do with the business failing but um yeah he's doing well though yeah for, for yeah. those unaware mal had some health complications a couple of years ago uh very difficult times i'm sure for all the family but he is on the mend i've seen him a few times and uh it's always a delight to bump into and uh yeah he's always yeah. been right behind our musical ventures and that that yeah. meant, meant a great deal over the years. That's because he really likes you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think for us, Cardoma really hit the sweet spot of yeah. a venue because we're a, we're a heavy rock band and the venues that we are best suited to are dark, dingy, sweaty, moist bars that are oftentimes uncomfortable for your friends and your family. But those people take a great a great deal of interest in what you do. You know, my grandma always wants to know what I've been recording and will buy anything I put out regardless of, you know, whether it's upper musical alley. That yeah. sounds like a dodgy, dodgy sentence, as I started yeah. to say it. But let's get away <laughs> from my grandma's musical alley. Um, <laughs> but it was the sort of place where we could have that sort of 
gig and invite our parents and yeah. friends of all ages to come. And there were some seats and people could stand and dance if they wanted. And the stage sort of came, it was a unique stage in that it came out into the room so people could sit all sides of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely perfect for an intimate, yeah. intimate show. And mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely going to be missed by me and I'm sure many others in Hull. Yeah, well, it, it is being missed, yeah. Certainly by myself as well. I even enjoyed working at the bar. I had a job at the bar and things, didn't I? You know, before I've moved here. Um, are there any but new venues in Hull then? Are there any new venues since um, since I've gone, since Cardoma's gone? I, I'm wondering if it, if there's market for a replacement in music venues these days. Fruit is reopening shortly as the Good. circle. Uh, okay, unfortunately, obviously, the, the opening of that has been postponed yeah. indefinitely until uh, until all of this blows over. I think that was supposed to be this month or next. In fact, I mm. think the, the launch night might have already been and gone yeah. without without a, a peep. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm sure everyone around is looking forward to getting back up and gigging. Mm. Your Cardoma's venue is uh, interesting because not only did it have Cardoma mm. on the, the ground floor, it had your sister's clothing business on one floor, mm -hmm. your dad's property business on another. And then when Fruit Trade Music did have to move on, you moved to the very top floor where absolutely nobody could look through the windows because it was on the sixth floor? Fifth floor. Fifth floor yeah. with absolutely stunning panoramic views of the city. Mm. And I don't think people out of Hull would necessarily think it's a particularly picturesque city, but there's some wonderful rooftop mm. architecture to look down on from the fifth yeah. floor of that when, building. When, when you're on the top of the eighth tallest building in the city, it's, uh, it, it is beautiful because you, you can just see Humber River. And it's it's amazing when you get the wildlife in there as well. You don't see the wildlife when all you can see is the buildings, but um, but when you're up that high, it's it's a really nice working environment. The the ideal place to be inspired to record a song, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and you just if you run out of ideas, just go on the balcony, which you're not allowed to do, but you did anyway. <laughs> Got to smoke somewhere. So exactly. you were there. You were in Studio Ninety Four, as it became known after the move for yes. a year or two years? Uh, I was there for <laughs> nearly two years. Nearly two yeah. years? Wow, yeah, nearly time two really years. does fly. And we yeah. we finished off our vol Volume 2 EP there, yeah. just with a few guitar overdubs, I believe. And then we recorded yeah. the two-way glass single that came out last year. Mm -hmm. And then we recorded the uh, end of the trilogy, Volume 3, there last yeah. September. And... Given that you've now moved to Canada, we obviously knew that at the time. Mm -hmm. So that was quite obviously the the sort of end of the line as far as me and you go working mm -hmm. together. Uh, and you have recorded every single track that I've put out in mm -hmm. my career, if we if we want to call it that. Yeah, I remember it being um, a little bit sweet because I guess. The culmination of all those of ye all those years of learning together and recording together, we finished with the best sounding recordings that we've had today. Yeah, but it was the end of the end of the line, end of an era. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, for for people to hear what we've uh, what we've done together. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I was waffling then. I couldn't, I couldn't bring that round. No, it's question. Okay. But I do have a question written down. If I just looked down at my notepad, then uh -huh. I would have realised that, that that's where this uh, segue was leading. <laughs> that obviously means that in the future, when I next get to record, I'm going to have to work with somebody new. I'm quite daunted by that prospect because <clears> I've had your hands doing their wizardry all this time. Yeah. I was wondering if you could offer me any advice for working with another producer. I'm excited by, you know, the prospect of working with somebody new and having their fresh ideas mm. on, on my stuff. And it will sound different, I'm sure. Yeah. What do you think? What are your tips for working with another producer? I'd get to know a few. Yeah. I'd get to know a few. Um, You've got to get on with them. Because if you don't get on with them, then you're going to struggle. Because I've been, I've been to studios, you know, before I had me on. And, um, you know, the engineer's not interested in you. They just want you in and out and they want the day done. And you, you don't enjoy it. You leave, you feel guilty when you're there because they're just like... <sighs> um, you, you, yeah, you've got to make sure you're going to ask them with them. Because then you've got a rapport. You can speak to them. You can make changes where necessary and you can make sure you're happy. Um. Have any studios come up in here? I've been here for that long. I don't know if anyone... I, I, know, um, I know a few guys have put up a couple. I mean, uh, right now, I'm not in the position to uh, to look immediately. Yeah. And I am... I know. I have started to produce from home. I was talking to Alex Fish. You'll know him from recording... He with came in. Smile. Yeah. And I think you may have recorded one of his solo tracks. I don't think that one yeah. ever saw a release. I uh, don't think it did. No. no, but it was a good, good little dance track. It was a really interesting sound that song. I've got the, I don't know why, but the sound of it is orange for some reason, and it's in my head right now. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's had an approach for a few years now, which I've sort of watched from a distance with interest, which is yeah. crafting his songs bit by bit from home. And obviously, the way we've always worked, and I guess the reason you've suggested that I find a producer that I get on with is because we have a finite finite amount of time. We we mm. come in in the morning, we pay X amount of money for X yeah. amount of hours, and it has to be done in that time. And I enjoy that process, mm. but I can't lie that if, if ever a, a drum take or the bass or a guitar starts to take too long, it can quickly become stressful and unenjoyable. If you're running behind schedule and you know that, you want to spend a day on overdubs or mixing, which is obviously where things start to come together. Yeah. That running behind like that can can really be detrimental to the outcome. And I think, for me, Alex's way of doing things, spending all that time at home and, and recording when the inspiration hits and, and getting things sounding fresh and having that time to to tweak and to get things the way you like them and then to take them to a producer at that stage to to use that finite time mm -hmm. to finish it off or re-record or overdub where necessary. That's something that excites me. Yeah. yeah. You're a great producer, but I'm just like learning. I, I'm, I'm starting at the start of my journey. Hmm. Do you have any advice for how I can get better at home recording? What What are your tips for getting things to come out as, as good as they can for, for such an amateur amateur as myself. 
Well, uh, I went to university. Home recording. Um, you're going to have to get the best out of the space you've got. Um, for example, if I were to record in this room, it'd sound shite because there's no acoustic treatment anywhere. These curtains are going to help a little bit. You want to make sure that you've got dead rooms if you're doing home recording because you're not going to have a nice space. You're not going to have stone wall reflections and lovely wooden beams to make things have a lovely reverb. You, you, you're just going to want to have it dead. So then you can use plugins and things to create the sound that you want in. Home recordings, all plugins. I don't, um, what about drums? How are you recording drums at home? Are you at the moment, I'm not recording yeah. real drums. I'm just using yeah. a, a drum track that I will punch in. And yeah. I guess for me at the moment, anyway, it's more of a means to, to put some mm -hmm. demos together so that yeah. I, I don't arrive at the practice room empty-handed. So yeah. for me, at least, the the sound of the room is maybe not so important right now because because I just want uh, a three-minute track that I can then take to the boys and say, right, mm -hmm. here's a new track that I've come up with. Okay. The, in which case, I... You're probably not gonna get the best sound out of these demos, then. If it's... No, absolutely not. That's yeah, but, definitely not the aim. Yeah. But having said that, if I were to um, stick an SM57 in front of my guitar ramp in here and have it dead loud, if it was really close to the speaker, it would be very indifferent to if I did it in a professional studio in a dead space. So you can get a very similar kind of loud, close mic sound out of things. But if you were to record vocals, it would sound weird. It's, uh, remember Backyard Studio Felony first vocal recording when I had mm -hmm. the little shields and things? If I didn't have them, you'd have the sound of the glass reflecting the sound straight back in your face. So, <laughs> so um, home recording's all about um, close micing. Just seen a chipmunk. Um, close micing and... Um, and dead space, yeah. And you Great probably stuff. have to put up with the uh, the uh, fake drums for quite a while. Yeah, never yeah. mind. At least they're in time. Unlike yeah. Danny. Danny I'm just is joking. in time. I'm just joking. <laughs> I can program them to work first time, not always with Danny. Um, sorry, Andy, I can't record that chipmunk. It's disappeared. It's hidden underneath some logs. Sorry, I'm reading the chat. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Okay. My last question for you. And as I've, as I've suggested with uh, all of my other interviewees, if anybody's got any questions for Mikey, get them in now because uh, I've just got the one left. Yeah. Um, I remember, okay. So your memories of felony and the pioneers, etc. recording sessions may be a little vague and that's okay. You've recorded a lot of bands. I would like to know your five favourite whole bands that you've worked with. Obviously, we come at the number one spot, so maybe two to, number two felony. to six. Well, we've got three: Let Man Loose, Felony, and Pioneers. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna I'm gonna link that in one. Okay, they're um, the top three. So let's go for numbers four to whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm go. Well, I'm probably not gonna do this in any particular order. Um, I absolutely loved Chasing Athena years and years and years ago. Do you remember them? Yep. Ian Berry, Daryl Collinson, um, Seb and Luke and things. Oh, that was fantastic. It was really my style of music. It was pop punk. We did an album similar as we did with uh, with uh, Let Man Loose. And um, 
with Bellamy rather and uh, that was just great we did loads of gigs and things and had a little organization almost record label thing going on with them which was great fun I want to give a massive shout out to Mastiff because they are um wonderful guys great music really really bloody heavy dirty nasty sound and that was great fun they've released three albums all, re all recorded live um which is great and they've had some really good success who else has been absolutely fantastic i'm going i'm gonna have to go right back because um i remember working with bands like the talk down i used to love recording them they were really funny as well really talented lads they're mostly mauritian now i think um that was great fun um, i'm gonna have to give a uh, uh frontiers a shout out uh, hi andy uh we had some good fun, some good recording times, and you guys got quite successful as well, so I'm really happy for you with that. That was great fun. Um, who else has been particularly outstanding? I'm going to regret so many that I think of after this. That's fine. Um, I think you've got two or three more to go. I was counting on my fingers, yeah. and I put them down, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, I can't remember whether I had two up or three up, so three more. Okay, I'm going to go with Colourline because when I first started, I was recording, I, I did um, some recording with them and that went incredibly well for, for the shed. The recordings, I was really, really, really chuffed with them. Um, what are they called? Um, I only recorded them last year, but they called and made some beautiful music. Um, four lads. Halfway happy. I, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but they were lovely lads. I had some great fun with them. Um, last one, last yeah. one. Carrie Martin, of course, Carrie Martin. You see all these major ones that I work with. Um, Carrie Martin, we've done two albums, Seductive Sky and, uh, oh, what's the name of the new one? My memory's gone today, isn't it? I can't drink, can I? I just no. shouldn't ever drink gin. Um, Carrie Martin, wonderful lady, incredible talent, did some fantastic songs. Just let me go mad on her album, and she loved it. And she's doing really well. And I can't wait for her to come to Canada and play again because she keeps touring it. Uh, sorry to anyone who I should be really thinking of right now. Um, that's fine. I suppose it was a yeah. quick fire question uh, or yeah. something of that sort of ilk. Two yeah. things I'd probably mention from what you've uh, said to me then. Mm. Frontiers, um, they were, as you mentioned, relatively successful in their short yeah. sort of lifespan. And I was a big fan of Frontiers. Uh, I'm hoping to chat to Andy, who's just suggested yeah. that you both meet up in Canada in the comments when, yeah. uh, <laughs> when this whole thing blows over. I was always a big fan of the Frontiers and I enjoyed watching their progression from mm. the first band, Moxie's. I always thought Andy had a, a really good way with melody. I was always mm. really fond of his melodies and his lyrics. And mm -hmm. thankfully, before, yeah. before Andy moved to Canada, I got to spend a little bit of time with him and, and sort of see how he worked. He always mm. drops things down in a notepad, which I don't do, mm. other than when I'm interviewing people. <laughs> um, but on the back of Frontiers, because I know that they, you know, they, made, they, played a, they made a few milestones that I'm particularly envious of uh, playing Reading and Leeds, uh, putting music out on vinyl, uh, mm -hmm. watch this space. Yeah. And last but not least, 
Mm, I was going to say getting in the NME, but uh, it's not necessarily something I'm that, that keen on these days. Too, too cool for NME. Has there been a song or an album that has travelled really far in the world or done really well that you've produced and that you've been really proud to watch escape into the world and have like such good success? There's, um, there's one in particular. I worked with um, Henry Priestman, who used to be in the Christians. Remember that band from the 80s? Um, he uh, had a song called uh, Forgotten Town with the Christians. We remade it. Um, my dad was part of it as well. Um, we remade it with, um, um, what's his name from um, Mighty in the Moon? Uh, what's the singer of that band called? Fantastic singer. Oh, I've forgotten his name. Wonderful love. <laughs> uh, did it with him and Emma Fee from Happy Endings. And um, we, we um, remade it, had orchestras on it and all sorts, filmed things with drones. Um, and that, that ended up really successful, actually, because it had some really good backing. Um, I'm, I'm sure that a couple of things have recorded have ended up in the charts. I know a few things have ended up on games, which is good. Um, but no, re realistically, I haven't really made anything that's gone absolutely massive and taken over the world or anything. It's, my, um, my focus has been on the recording days over the uh, getting things out in the charts and making loads and loads of money. That's all. Oh, no, of course. But it's all relative and it's uh, yeah. it's nice to watch something you've been a part of do really well. And uh... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really it's wonderful being able to see all these things on Spotify that I've recorded and I see how many listens it's got. And that, that's always really exciting. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Mikey. Not at so, all. You're in Canada. Uh, uh, what are your future musical plans in Canada? Are you hoping to set up a recording studio in Canada or are you looking to join, meet some guys and, to, and play with a band again? What, what are you uh, thinking? I'd certainly like to uh, meet some guys and join the band. Uh, I've got all my equipment back here. It's currently in the basement, just um, sort of half being used. I haven't got everything I need quite, but yeah, it is somewhere where I can record and make music and actually continue playing, which is wonderful. I uh, Before coronavirus, I advertised myself to be in a band before I even had my instruments and met, um, met up with a few people. But since then, obviously, I can't really meet anyone. Um, but I will certainly be doing some music. Now, the population here is a little bit more sparse. So I'm not sure if I'm going to find something that's particularly my style or particularly anything that I really want to do in a small town. But you never know. I'll give it a go. And, um, and we'll see. Yeah. But um, I've been making music quite a lot the last few days. Now I've got all my stuff set up and ready. So, so it's good. His drums are deafening without acoustic treatment, aren't they? They really are. <laughs> my, I can program mine and I can have them at whatever volume I want. It's the best thing ever. Uh, I've also <laughs> got superior drummers. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have you doing them. But on that note, I think we'll call it a night. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you to you, Mikey, for joining me for a chat and Not reminiscing so a little about the old days and... Maybe we'll one do. time we can uh, get together and record something fresh. That'd be wonderful. I'd absolutely love that. Feel free to send me some stuff. If, if anyone's got anything they want me to play with, I've got all the time in the world at the moment, so just get in touch and give you my email. <laughs> hey, Pete. Uh, <laughs> nice one, Mark. Thank you ever so much, mate. It's been a pleasure to, to see you.
Pleasure has been all mine, man. Yeah, Thank you, you everyone. Uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow night. I'm going to be talking to Joe Gray from Fever and many other whole bands over the years. Fantastic drummer that I've had the pleasure to uh, rehearse with a few times. Unfortunately, never really got around to doing a gig together, but we did. We did investigate at one point doing some sort of like Beatles cover band, not a tribute band, not dressing mm. up or trying to imitate their style or anything, but just playing their songs because they're fun to play. But we never got any further, but he's now making big strides with Fever, so I'm looking forward to chewing the fat with Joe. Fantastic. But thanks, Mikey. Not at all. Thank you, you man. Best of luck. I look forward to, uh, to things and stuff that's happening. So, yeah. Thank you Cheers for all back. your years of service to Felony, Letman Loose, and the Pioneers. And thank you. I've had a fantastic time with you, and I'm really, really going to miss it. So um, we'll we'll do something in the future. Of course we will. Yeah, I'm sure we will. With, we've got we've both got no hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so going. those listening back on the audio, Mikey just presented his hairline to the camera, and. Yeah. Uh, he needs a more high definition camera for me to see any of it. Uh, that, that I'm going to take that as you saying that I'm not quite balding yet. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Bye bye. And take care. Stay safe. Bye bye. Bye.